coming to you live from the city that is number one in Heisman winners, tornadoes, and women's gymnastics. This is the podcast that really makes you want to eat. This is Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Jacob Clements. What's up, Clements? Matt Marks is currently on spring break. Must be nice. I know, right? Having a spring break. Yeah, we're stuck in Norman, but we got a lot to talk about. We got cooking on the grill. We got Mike Trout. Jacob, take it away. You know what? That must be a 430 million pound hamburger. I mean, that thing, $430 million over 12 years. That is a huge contract, the largest in professional sports history. Yeah, it's insane. 12 years, 430 million. Bryce Harper just got 10 years, 330 million. We thought that would be the biggest ever, but no, just a month later. Where are the Angels getting this money? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and they're not paying anyone else, so I True, mean, that's yeah. where they're getting it. It's like the uh, Futurama scene um, where Philip is just like, shut up and take my money. That's essentially what this is. <laughs> yeah, and they're, the Angels are paying for 12 years off of October. They don't, they don't have to worry about October still. But yeah, we see Bryce Harper get his money. He, he's probably going to take the Phillies to a championship maybe in the next couple of years, but with the signing of Brett, uh, Mike Trout in L.A., we don't really know if this team can make a championship. They haven't done it. They made a wild card, but they yeah. need more help. Yeah, I mean, like this team, um, you know, Mike Trout is their pretty much only good player. Um, I kind of feel bad for him because at this rate, they're never, they're never going to be able to even go to a World Series, much less win it. Um, if I were him, honestly, I would have gone to another team that actually had a chance of winning a World Series. The Yankees. Astros. But um, I was going to say, like, Mike Trout, honestly, like, I get why you want the money, but that's, I mean, that's basically like locking you in for the rest of your career. From the Angels' perspective, I get that he flew through the minor leagues, but even then, throwing that much money at him, essentially excluding yourself from until the salary cap raises again, um, signing anyone other that's big, that's kind of you're basically relying on your farm system, and you're basically saying, okay, Mike Trout is basically Atlas lifting the globe. Yeah, this team's not going to win the World Series anytime soon. They may not even make the playoffs until they get help. You know what though? Honestly, I know who I would be really happy to be right now. The uh, his teammates on the Angels, because we know who's paying for his team dinner. So <laughs> that is true. Some burgers and brats. But who would you say is more important to their team, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper? I Right now, I think Bryce Harper, because he can take that team to the next level. But with just Mike Trout, we've seen it. He hasn't done it yet. Yeah, Bryce Harper, easily. Um, Bryce Harper um, has proven that he can put the team on his back, and especially in Philly now, which is a very young team that I think will go far in the same division as Washington, too. Um, Mike Trout, um, you know, I get why the Angels are throwing that money at him, but it's kind of like... um, you know, it's kind of like when the Lakers kept throwing money at Kobe towards the end of his career. Yeah, so <laughs> didn't need to be doing that. Yeah, so that's basically like what this scenario is. Also, like another parallel is uh, like when A&M signed Jimbo Fisher to be their football coach. I mean, you're going to get the exact same results for a lot more money. That's probably the definition of insanity right there. Yeah, well, we'll see how this plays out in the next 12 years that they have with Mike Trout. Yeah, I can't wait to see how my kids will think of it in 2030. So. <laughs> yeah, for real. But we got OU women's gymnastics legend, sophomore Jordan Draper joining us on the show in just a moment. Here's our walk-up song. Jordan, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate the warm welcome with my uh, walk-up song. <laughs> yeah, well, I loved it. It's a pretty good song. I loved it. Way better than the Baby Shark walk-up song, if uh, I might add. Whose walk-up song was that? Yours? 
Uh, no, actually, I think it was like a freshman on like some baseball team somewhere. Oh, probably. Uh, so. Freshman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clement, you want to start? Yeah. Um, so, Joe, by the way, thank you for coming on the show today. Of course. Thank um, you for having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime. I just wanted to ask you kind of how you got started in gymnastics. Um, well, I got started in a little class, like a mommy and me class. Um, my mom put both my brother and I in gymnastics to learn like balance and coordination and listening skills and following directions all that good stuff so i just kind of stuck with it and rode the wave here and yeah. what age was that uh, uh, pretty two, young two two or three you've been doing it ever since yeah wow man yeah, when i was two break man when i was two i was more worried about playing in rocks i think so <laughs> that's really impressive <laughs> Thank yeah you. usually you see gymnasts take at least a year off but yeah no break for you Never, wow. other than like mild injuries, but no, no breaks. That's crazy. But it's your sophomore season at OU, you're competing a lot more this year. Mm-hmm. How are you enjoying that? Are you enjoying it? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Um, super enjoying that. Um, yeah. <laughs> last year, like you said, I didn't really compete as much last year, so I was um, thrilled to be able to compete this year and contribute more to the team. So it's been a great it, experience. What What events are you doing, and which one's your favorite, and why? Um, actually, right now I'm competing floor, and I'm alternate on bars, so mainly floor, and that's my favorite to compete. Um, I love dancing and you know goofing off and just kind of like showing everybody my personality and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean your floor routine is fire, by the way. Like that is a great floor routine. <laughs> I love you. watching it every single time. So, Thanks. how hard is it to incorporate music, timing, all that? and the dance moves into a routine? Um, well, we actually do one-on-ones with our coach. Um, we kind of pick a song, and then she cuts it to, like, the right amount of time, and then we just spend the hours and hours and hours <laughs> um, choreographing dance moves and then our, putting our tumbling in there and just, like, finding the right timing. So it's just all about work. Yeah, it just seems crazy how you just time everything perfectly and how, how that just all fits in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, like, I was going to say as well, um, obviously – um, you know, in comments that were made to the media, um, the now former UCLA head coach Valerie Konos Field said that um, KJ Kendler was essentially the Bill Belichick of gymnastics. Kind of like, what's your opinion on that? And like, how have you seen her interact and practice with y'all? Oh, I uh, totally agree. Um, she's definitely one of the greatest coaches. Um, she she knows what she's doing. She has a plan, and she makes sure it gets done. And she's she knows what she's doing. She's one. Three mm-hmm. national championships so far. Um, looking forward to our fourth this year. But she knows what she's doing, and she's she's getting it done. So, by the way, what has been your favorite meet this season? Favorite meet by far is UCLA at home this year. It was a matchup, or a rematch, basically, of the teams last year, one and two, and then again this year, one and two. Um, you know, we had a huge crowd, like over 10,000 people um, up at LNC, and it was just amazing the energy was electric and the crowd was great and um, our performances were amazing so that just really pieced it all together a great night so what was it like stepping up to the floor and just competing in front of tens of thousands of fans well in in a one versus two meet it was definitely like nothing i've ever felt before obviously i've never competed in front of that many people um you know i just kind of trusted my training and i said a couple words to myself like you got this um you've been training you know what you're doing just let your body go out there and do its thing and yeah just had full confidence in myself so yeah Mm -hmm. the great hit routine 
Yeah. 9-9? Yeah, 9-9. Oh, great score. Yeah, thank that was you. a really great retain. Thank I love, you. I still love watching. I think that was one of, personally, in my opinion, one of your best. But thank you. Yeah, it felt great. It was mm-hmm. Not fun. the tough scoring notwithstanding, obviously. So. <laughs> so from the beginning of the year to now, you're earning your, what, this is conference coming mm-hmm. up next Big weekend? Big 12. So yep. how has the team grown this year? This year has definitely been different than last, which is expected. Every year, the team is different. Different people, different dynamics, you know, personalities, attitudes, mindsets. Everybody's different. So, um, been a lot of obstacles we've had to overcome this season. A lot of diversity we've uh, faced. And so, everybody's grown, and they've kind of found their place on the team, and they've slid into their role. So, it's been great to see everybody grow and just find where they fit so we can all be a great team together. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, um, you know, y'all have been ranked number one all season, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, you know, you're going into Big 12 this weekend for, what, the eighth straight Big 12 title competing yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah, I think this, when we win, it'll be our ninth. When so. we win? Oh, uh, confident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's our mindset this year. When so. we win, we worked hard. We deserve it. So with that mentality, do you think it's national championship or bust at this point? Yeah, that the goal is to win. Do you expect a rematch with UCLA? I do. I expect it. So, yeah, just your thoughts heading into postseason. How healthy is everyone? Will it, Will Maggie Nichols be healthy? Will you be healthy? How is just everything looking going into the postseason? Um, yeah, we're looking pretty good. Um, everybody's just doing their rehab every day, getting stronger. We're not lacking in conditioning or anything. Um, getting strong, staying healthy. Um, but, yeah, we're looking good. I think we're going we're gonna to be set. How often do you guys work out a day? A week. We um, well, the NCAA has a maximum of twenty hours a week, so twenty hours a week, but <laughs> <laughs> just to like fulfill all of our hours, so we can get the most out of our time. Um, but like three, four or five days a week, usually it depends on like when our meets are. We try to space out our our uh, practices. So obviously, since this is your sophomore season, you know you've had, you know, you've been on the team for two years now. Who would you say has been your biggest role model on the team? Um, contrary to what people think, Brennan Dowell is really verbal and vocal. Um, I think the, like the outside media kind of thinks she's quiet, but really in the gym, she's pretty uh, loud, always cheering, um, giving me tons and tons of feedback and just advice and trying to inspire, encourage me because she was on the world team mm-hmm. and like almost made the Olympics. And so she knows like what's going on. She knows the ropes. So she just tries to teach me and give me advice in places that I don't really know what's going on. Would you say that you incorporate some of her leadership principles in your own leadership style? I do. I'm trying to take that with me as I move up to be an upperclassman. Um, I definitely have been inspired by her, and she's really helped me this year more than I could ever imagine. So I'm definitely going to try to be like her. And you said you're a sophomore, mm-hmm. and you do you want to do these for the next two years? You wanna, oh, yeah. All right. And so do you want to main or take over a leadership role as you get um, more involved in upperclassmen level senior? I do see myself in a leadership role, but I don't see myself as like the strict, harsh, you know, bottom line, tell people what to do. But um, I think I can be a really good friend and just mentor and just help people out like wherever they need um, emotionally and just, you know, help them adjust to college because I know that can be a really hard transition for most. Yeah. So definitely more the emotional leader of the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely loud and pretty vocal as well, but I don't think I'll be big on like strictness or anything so like that. So not KJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, I'm not trying to be like a coach or anything or like tell mm-hmm. people to do certain things. Just kind of help them out when needed and 
I'll definitely be there for whoever needs me. Yeah. So, like, obviously, you know, it's your sophomore season. You have two more years. Um, what do you see yourself doing after your senior year? Olympics? <laughs> no. Um, every little girl's dream is to go to the Olympics, so I can't lie and say that mine has not been that because um, it totally was as a kid. But um, I'm in school right now and um, trying to pursue a degree in journalism. So the goal is to become a sports broadcaster on um, – it's a little high, but ESPN. <laughs> um, and so that's just kind of the goal, just kind of getting through and – Mm-hmm. See where life takes me, but that's where I would love to do. If that doesn't work out, Burgers and Brats has a spot. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> we recently have a new open host spot. Do you so. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. We posted it on the job board. Oh, well. Don't so. tell Matt. You can, I'll, uh, I'll give you guys my LinkedIn page. <laughs> but, okay, as well though, um, obviously, you know, Nationals is coming up this season. Yep. Where is Nationals this year? Fort Worth, Texas, my hometown. Howdy. Yee. <laughs> But, um, you know, do you expect, um, obviously, like, a huge crowd to come out, but, like, is it going to be great um, competing in front of that hometown crowd? Oh, man, I am stoked. Um, I've competed in Fort Worth once this season, um, but going back is definitely going to be awesome. It's a national championship. Going to have tons of family and friends there. Uh, Yeah, going to be a huge crowd. Yeah, so how do you think that will impact your performance? Do you think it will make you try harder, or do you think – could we see a perfect 10? Yeah. Could you get a perfect 10 <laughs> oh, having man. all your family and friends there? You think it'll that help would, a lot? That would rock my world, honestly. Um, yeah, that's totally always the goal. Get a 10, be perfect. Um, I think I'm not going to change anything that I do. Just do my thing. What I do in the gym, I'll do on competition floor and perform mm-hmm. how I know. So, but yeah, if y'all live anywhere near Fort Worth, come out, support OU Women's Gymnastics. But Joe... Thank you for the interview. Of course. Thanks We're for gonna, having me. Thank you. Oh, yeah. We're, We're going to roll into our next segment. Yeah, we got which, Joe's going to stick around and talk some March Madness with us. Oh, but, yeah. But we got to start with On This Day in History. Oh, yeah, totally. It, this this was related to March Madness. So, Nevada in 1931 legalizes gambling to get out of the hard times of the Great Depression. So, if you let's all go to Vegas. Let's go bet on this March Madness. Lose some money this weekend. So, actually... Uh, while I'm very, very, while I love Vegas very, very much, um, you know, I will say I'm going to go with a famous person that was born today. In 1848, Wyatt Earp, one of the most prominent U.S. Marshals during the Old West period, was born. You know, obviously, you know, trying to go out and catch everyone. Um, but, you know, hopefully we're not going to have a gunfight at the OK crowd today. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Joe? Um, on this day in history, I also am going to piggyback off Clements. Um, Walter Bruce Willis, age 64, was born March 19th, 1955. You guys all know him, the Die Hard 1. I've never two, heard of him. Three, four. I mean, any of them, honestly. You've probably seen one of his movies. Uh, Wait, the Die Hard Christmas special, too, right? <laughs> it's right. not a Christmas movie, as he came out and said. So It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if birthdays die hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. That was the perfect opportunity. Just make rights <laughs> to that. Just email them asking for some rights oh, to that. Oh, Lordy. But, yeah, so that was on this day. Now we're going to move into some March Madness. We got two games today, the first four in. We got Fairview Dickerson versus Prairie View. Both teams are averaging 75 points a game. Um, I'm, I'm going Prairie View. They, the last seven opponents, 
They've beaten by an average of 17 points. I mean, I don't know who they've played, but... <laughs> MIT. <laughs> if they've beaten these teams by 17 points and an average, I'm going Prairie View. I'm going to go Prairie View, too, because that's the only one that I can actually pronounce. Um, I have no idea where this other school is, um, nor have I ever even heard of them. I'm surprised that they are here, but I'm sure they're very happy to be there. That's true. So, Prairie View. And then we got Belmont versus Temple. Um, Jacob... You know, I actually, I do have a friend who goes to Belmont, um, which I did find out is in Nashville. Um, but, you know, sorry, Haley, but I'm going to pick Temple on this one. Temple has faced a little bit higher level of competition. Um, you know, I just feel like Temple is the more put-together team. Joe, who you rolling with? Oh, like you said, Belmont. It's in Nashville, Tennessee, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm a big country fan. <laughs> you know, Belmont all the way. Let's go. All right, so Belmont's averaging 87 points while Temple's only averaging 74. So, And Belmont's not going to take anything for granted playing Temple. Their coach said they're really happy to be there. And then you're averaging 87 points. You're going to be – you're going to win. I mean, yeah, but that's like saying that, like, UCF should deserve to be in the playoff because they've scored a lot of points when they really haven't faced anyone. It was their so. record. Okay. Not you know, points. Whatever. Like <laughs> – However you want to slice it, like that's essentially saying like a mid. That's essentially like saying someone from a lower level should be in over someone with a higher level, based off of simply a statistic. When I'm sure Temple has faced greater competition. All right, so me and Joe are going Belmont. You're going Temple. Mm-hmm. And then we got tomorrow NC Central versus North Dakota State. North Dakota, both teams are averaging low 70s. North Dakota State's a great football school, so you got to roll with them in basketball, right? Oh, totally. And as well, you know, I'm sure they're going to be really happy to not be in a place that's freezing and being fracked the entire time. So I'm going to go with North Dakota State, too. Yeah, and NC Central was a surprise to get in the tournament, so they're just happy to be there. I mean, happy to be there doesn't equate to a win, so. Yeah. so. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> North Dakota State. All right, all three North Dakota State. And then we got Arizona State versus St. John's, both averaging 77 points. Yeah, but I mean, that Arizona State's averaging 77 points as a D1 school. St. John's is averaging 77 <laughs> points as a, like a D3 or whatever the heck it is. So, I mean, that's like... <laughs> that's like... It's just... Arizona State has faced a much higher level of competition, which is something that's not usually said about the Pac-12. Um, the weakest conference, arguably, for football and basketball. Um, but I think Arizona State is going to pull this one out easy. Yeah, I've got Arizona State too. But Chris Mullen, his first year at St. John, it's their first tournament appearance, so anything could happen. But going to Arizona State? Yeah, Arizona State, a lack of experience and appearance in the tournament yeah, for, with St. John's. Yeah, I've, first one, they're just happy to be there. Yeah, they're happy to be there, just not equal. Win. They're probably not prepared, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Now, we, we'll move into the bigger games in just a moment, but Matt Marks, who's on spring break, so we got his um, takes with us right now. So it is March Madness time, and looking at this in the East, I've got Yale upsetting LSU. That's right. Yale beat Baylor a couple of years ago. LSU has got some off-the-court drama. Yale is a better three-point shooting team than LSU. They're about 37%. LSU about 32%. That's the matchup I like, and that's the big upset I'm calling in this first round. However, also in the East, Duke is not going to win it all. Duke is going to lose to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Moving over to the West, I've got Florida State making it to the Final Four. Yes, they're going to beat Gonzaga. In the South, 
I've got Virginia making it to the Final Four, and I believe Virginia's the easiest, got the easiest of the number one seeds of making it to the Final Four. So I've got Virginia there. In the Midwest, I've got North Carolina, but I do have Auburn making it to the Sweet 16. They're going to beat Kansas. So of my Final Four teams, Michigan State, Virginia, Florida State, North Carolina, and I've got Virginia winning it all. All right, so as some of y'all may know, I am the king of hot takes, but I think Matt just usurped that crown for me with that. You know, honestly, Matt, I know you're probably listening right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and straight up say this like I'm talking to you. Okay. LSU, gumbo tailgates, hot dogs, S- or corn dogs, corn dogs, SEC winners, and the SEC was a pretty good conference this year. Um, Yale, you have physics. They somehow admitted people who can play, who uh, can actually do well in school and then play basketball. Um, I mean, as we all know, LSU had Ben Simmons at one point. We know he didn't go to classes, um, but you know, Yale is a 14 seed. It's the Ivy League versus the might of the SEC, and that's the only time I'm going to say that because this is where I'm going to actually support the SEC. Um, Yale, it, I get that this is going to be a really cool clash of cultures, um, Ivy League versus Louisiana, um, but i got to go with uh, my instincts here and say, go Tigers. Yeah, what are you thinking, picking Yale over LSU? I mean, I get that if it's like a physics competition, maybe, because LSU, I mean, unless you put it in beer, then, like, physics, then would probably be good, but LSU all the way. No, yeah, I've got LSU reaching the Sweet 16 for sure, but Mm -hmm. then he had Florida State going to the Final Four? Yeah, which, I don't know where he got that from, maybe a place for, like, the sun don't shine, but this is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be, that is an interesting prediction because uh, I actually, I have LSU going to the Elite Eight. Um, Florida State, uh, I don't even have, um, I have them beating Marquette um, and then facing off against Gonzaga, who, let's be real, he will probably beat Baylor because Baylor decided that neon green was a cool color for uniforms. Um, Gonzaga is going to beat Florida State. Florida State ain't going to make it out of the Sweet 16. No, yeah, um, I've got Gonzaga beating Florida State, but this Florida State team is really inconsistent. They did win the ACC title, or yeah, they, but we'll see how it goes from there. But what do you do? You think Florida State can make a big run to the Final Four? Not against Gonzaga, no. <laughs> no, Gonzaga has been the number one team most of the year. They did lose by twenty in their championship game to St. Mary's, but anything can happen on an off night. We saw that with Tennessee as well, who lost to Auburn. So, and then. I'm, I've got Tennessee going to the Elite Eight, losing to Virginia. I've actually, I got Tennessee. Um, you know, I think they're in a probably the easiest of them, and also you know, home tam- or uh, home area turf. Um, I've got Tennessee in my Final Four. Um, not Virginia. This is something that I think is going to happen. Um, are most are most people just weary that they lost to a 16 seed last year, which had never been done, and they're just scared to pick them this year? I don't think it's that. I think Virginia is the most inconsistent of the one seeds and probably is the easiest to beat despite their record because the ACC, you essentially had Duke, Virginia, UNC, and then occasionally Florida State. Every other team was just kind of there, and so that's why like they all have good records. Um, now, I mean, obviously, um, you know, as Oklahoma people, um, we're going to pick Oklahoma to beat Ole Miss, but I don't think Oklahoma will get out um, past – 
Virginia. I think a bit, another Big 12 team will, though. I think that's K-State, co-conference uh, champions in the Big 12. Um, shared that with Texas Tech, who I'll talk about more later. Um, the Big 12 basically just in conference play beat up on everyone this year, except West Virginia and Oklahoma State. That shows, you know, with seven teams in um, March Madness. And I think K-State is a very good chance of beating West Virginia. Or not West Virginia, Virginia. Obviously, they've already beaten West Virginia. Um, I've got K-State facing off against Tennessee in the Elite Eight, going, and then Tennessee still going to the Final Four. All right, Joe, being, a, being an athlete here, mm-hmm. you've got to root on OU. And oh, anything. I have to. So, d- how far do you think OU will go? With, all right, your heart prediction and mm-hmm. then your mind. Well, you, you know, I believe in Sooner Magic. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why OU can't win the national championship. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a bold statement. It is. Bold, it really that's is. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I definitely see them winning against Ole Miss, but against Virginia, I mean, that's going to be a tough one. So, they'll probably get booted. Yeah, OU does play great against out-of-conference teams, so we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, I've picked... We all have OU at least being Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. If OU, OU just needs to play to what they can. Yeah, they've they've done good recently. They did lose first round of the Big Twelve tournament, but if they just hit their shots, get do. Jamani McNeese will be out, so that'll be a big blow. Ankle for injury, right? Yeah, ankle mm-hmm. injury, and then Doolittle, Manic, the enemy just have to make shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But this t- this team could be Virginia. I think. Any team could beat Virginia, too. I think I'm scared to pick them just because of what happened last year. But they're coming into this year knowing they they can't do it. They can't lose to a 16 seed. So yeah. Now, like I will say as well, kind of moving into the Midwest practice, we haven't talked about it as much. Um, a team that I think, um, this is one of my other Final Four teams, Houston. Um, I get that the AAC has pretty weak competition. All they have is Cincinnati. But you don't get to 30 wins by nothing. They had a strong non-conference schedule. I got them facing off against UNC in the Elite Eight and beating UNC because I feel like if there's another one seed that's going to fall, it would be UNC. I get that they've done well against Duke, but like I said, there are three teams in the ACC, maybe four if Florida State actually gets you know its head in the game. But Houston, in my opinion, is the more well-rounded team, um, and I think that they have a pretty good shot of beating UNC. Yeah, they're a good team, but they just don't play anybody. Like they haven't played anyone. It's like these other yeah. teams that are going, these lower or higher, higher lower seeded teams that are going against higher seeded teams. But um, I think Houston can make it to the Sweet Sixteen. But when they face Kentucky, they're they can't beat Kentucky. But for once this year, Kentucky was not the cream of the crop in the SEC. That honor belonged to Tennessee and LSU, um, and you know occasionally Auburn. Yeah, um, and you've got. North Carolina is a great team. They did oh, yeah. great this year. They beat Duke twice. Fair. They didn't have Zion. But it is every year you see this UNC team lose to some team they shouldn't in the play in the March Madness. That's why I think Houston is going to be pretty good at it. They've uh, usually gotten around 70 points a game, saving for you know a couple games against D3, D3 people. Um, you know, they're really good about ball control. Um I really think that Houston can make a pretty good run here. Um, you know, last year, what, we had South Carolina, right, make a pretty good run? Yep. Um, I think Houston could be that team this year. Yeah, they can be. But So, my biggest my biggest upset is Murray State beating Marquette at 12 versus 5. Joe, what, 
Is that probably one of your biggest upsets too? A twelve beating a five this year? Yeah. It doesn't happen every year. Yeah, at least every year. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's bound to happen. Yeah, but you also have 5C Mississippi State versus 12C Liberty. You know, you have 5C Wisconsin versus 12C Oregon. And um, 5C Auburn versus 12C New Mexico State. The the safest one I feel about is Auburn, New Mexico State, and then I got to go Mississippi State Liberty because Oregon's just hot right now. Coming off the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, but I mean, they're only in the tournament because they won the Pac-12 championship. They've won five of the last five. So. I mean, yeah. Five in a row? Five in a row. Yeah, but even then, like, going up against the very strong Wisconsin team in the big from the Big Ten, like, that's level of competition once again. Who would you pick, Joe, Mississippi State or Liberty? I'd have to go Mississippi State. It's where my mom went. It's a good reason. Mm-hmm. It, it is, you know. If you have a reason for every team, it'll work out. That's <laughs> that's March Madness strategy right there. True. But... So what's your biggest surprise of the tournament, Clements? So this is going to be a pretty big one, but I think that this is pretty much based off of a couple of good stats here. So Texas Tech, co-champions in the Big 12. Okay, I'm Yes, I've unfortunately lived in Lubbock for seven years, and so I know about Texas Tech. Um, this is a Texas Tech team like no other. They're very defensive. They're good at moving the ball and scoring, kind of more of that Spurs offensive method, just passing the ball around until someone can get a score. Um, this is the same team that helped in Kansas's 14 straight Big 12 championship streak. Um, now, of course, Oklahoma put the nail in the coffin on that one, but Texas Tech built the coffin and put 99% of the nails in it. And with that 30-point win over Kansas in Lubbock, Texas Tech, I get that. They possibly have the hardest path with having to face Michigan and Gonzaga, but I think they're more than up to the challenge. Um, earlier in the season, they only lost to Duke by 11, and it took R.J. Barrett of Duke getting 28 points and exploding in the second half because Texas Tech actually outscored Duke in the first half of that game. And so I think that Texas Tech can make a very good run. I think they're going to have a rematch with Duke in the Final Four, and I think Texas Tech, uh, with some emotion, but also their prowess on both sides of the ball, will win that. I got a Texas Tech-Tennessee championship with Texas Tech going all the way. Talk about hot takes. That just overtook Matt. Hey, that no, that's Texas not... Texas Tech in the final. That's not as hot winning, as LSU. Winning the finals. Winning the final In a close game. You're saying they beat Michigan, and then they beat Gonzaga, and then they beat Duke, and then they beat Tennessee? Yes. This Texas Tech team who okay. lost in the second round of the Big 12 tournament to the worst team in the Big 12 in West Virginia. But West Virginia, when they come to the Big 12 tournament, it's like they finally just get their heads in the game and they're just like, oh, we should play basketball. They've historically done well in the Big 12 tournament, but terrible in the season. Texas Tech beat them both times in the regular season. And as well... But they didn't when it mattered. It didn't didn't matter in the regular season. Fair, okay. This team has been on a downside the end of the year. I mean, I've got got them reaching the Sweet 16, but they're not going to... They've got to play Buffalo and Northern Kentucky, so they're going to win those games. But, yeah, but at the same time, you know, Michigan, you know, I get that they're strong. I get that they're coming off of, you know, very good rounds in the tournament in the past couple years. But I think Texas Tech is the more put-together team. Now, I get Gonzaga will be a challenge, um, but I think that they are more than up to it. So, Joe, is there any way Texas Tech wins the March Madness? Uh, Well, um... They are a three-seed. 
don't know. One of my friends plays for Texas Tech. My Basketball? Bro- yeah, my brother's best friend. Shout out, shout out Andrew Sorrells, number 30. <laughs> really hope that's his number still. That's what it was in high school, so I hope it still is. Um, oh, I mean, I definitely say they didn't get a Sweet 16. But Michigan, they definitely were in the Final Four a couple years ago. So, they, like, they, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, and then they would so have they know to what play, they're doing. They would have to play number one Gonzaga as well. Oh, God. And then number one I mean, it's a great Duke. team, but that's a really, really hard game. Okay, yeah. They'd but, have to be on fire. Like, every mm-hmm. shot would have to drop. Three games in a row. But Four yeah. games in a row. Yeah, but Gonzaga and Virginia are the two one seeds that I think are the easiest to beat. Duke and UNC are in their own thing. Um, I mean, I think Texas Tech really could pull it out. Um, you know, I agree that they have to play with heart, but I think they could pull it out. So who are your top four? Uh, top four, Duke, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Houston. Two bold, bold predictions. I get that, but it's very much possible. And then Tennessee versus Texas Tech, you got Texas Tech winning. And a close game. <sighs> All right, Joe, who's your final four? I got uh, Duke and Tennessee, Gonzaga and UNC. That's pretty, that's pretty good. So you have all one seeds, right? No, one, three one seeds and a two seed. I'm I'm picking three one seeds and a two seed as well. But I'm going Duke versus Michigan, and then Virginia versus UNC. Duke versus Virginia. You got to go Zion Williamson and Duke. Seventy eight, seventy three. Future New York Knicks star to get traded away to another team. That's that, that probably will be true, but <laughs> probably for Carmelo Anthony again. Yeah, Zion and R J Barrett just need to if they get double digit figures every game. It, yeah, they're gonna win this tournament, which they can do. Yeah, which they mm-hmm. can do very easily. But all right, that's our March Madness segment. We're gonna move on to who would we share a burger and brought with? Clements, you want to start? All right, so I'm gonna go a little bit unconventional here, and it's not just one person, kind of like last time. Um, I'm gonna go with possibly the greatest gas station slash pit stop ever. Quick trip. I was literally going to say QT. <laughs> Quick Trip is amazing, but I don't think it can beat out Bucky's. Oh. Eh. I love Bucky's. I'm from Texas. Yeah. See, Bucky's is amazing because it has so many gas pumps. So, you, no matter how many people there, because they're usually packed, you can just go up and get gas for your very long trip, right? And then you can go in and get delicious food. Um, I think they do actually have brats, but I'm not uh, sure if they have burgers. And then. Obviously, great barbecue. Great barbecue. And then, unfortunately, they have some UT gear, but that's when you just turn it upside down. But even then, like, Bucky's is a very great place to be. Always clean, always great. I'm going to go with Bucky's. Mike Trout can pay for the burgers and brats, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with Bucky's here. All right. I'm going with a dog named Mira. Become, she became the first dog to reach the summit of Barentus in Nepal's Himalayas, and it's located just south of Mount Everest. So this stray dog joined a mountaineering expedition, and then it followed him to the top of a 23,389-foot Himalayan peak. No oxygen mask, no anything, no food. It just climbed up there and said whatever. Definitely the goodest of all girls. <laughs> That's impressive. It, it is impressive. I, I couldn't do that, mm-hmm. for sure. And then... Joe, I'll, I'll share a burger and brought with that dog when it gets back over here. It mm-hmm. comes to the gotta US. come back down the yeah. mountain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, if I had to share a burger and brought, it would be with Bradley Cooper. Um, a fine man. He's. I got the hots for him for sure. Um, I've been listening to the A Star Is Born soundtrack lately, so that inspired me. I'm pretty sure I'd I'd go out with him for sure. 
But he's dating Lady Gaga, I heard. No, he's <laughs> married and she just got out of a relationship. So, Hopefully not so, for him. So, so, so Bradley Cooper. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like that. Joe, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Um, good luck the rest of the year in the Big 12s and the Nationals. Bring home a national championship. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Do you want to um, throw out your Instagram, your Twitter? Sure. Uh, my Twitter is at Jordan May Draper with an E in May. And then Instagram is it's Joe Time with seven O's because I love the number seven. <laughs> So lot. follow me. Why? I post weird stuff, like funny stuff, because I don't know. I think it's funny. Why not? Because gym life, yo. Yeah. Uh, life's too serious sometimes. So. That's true. So we'll make sure That's to put it stuff. on our Twitter account so that yeah. way um, she can get a um, bunch of y'all following her. So yep. awesome. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Burgers and Brats, no space. And hopefully everyone has a perfect bracket. I know I will. Clements will not, and Matt will not. They, those picks were just outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys after March Madness.